0: Everybody? Good. That's six of us are. That's awesome. We'll carry the rest. Okay. Is that good, John? All right. Um, but I'm not going to give you lots of announcements this morning. We basically, I'm just going to turn this here this way so you can see I have a UBCO bottle given to me by my, my daughter who stole it, who, gave, who was given it. From, uh, from UBCO, um, but uh, this morning I'm giving you one announcement, the rest of them you can find in the bulletin, and while I do that, the ushers and greeters, you're welcome to come forward and take our offering this morning. Um, we've set up a new Church for the South website, um, and uh, it doesn't eclipse or take the place of Willow Park Church uh, website, but this is our own blog and resource site, kind of peculiar to us because we are peculiar. Um, And uh, so I'd encourage you to go on there and keep going on there. So if you want to find messages or you want to find information, or if you're talking to somebody about church and you just think, I I want to uh, give you an idea of what our church is like, then you can just point them to wpwillowparksouth.ca, wpsouth.ca, and uh, you can find lots of information on there. Thank you to the uh, 80 or so of you that signed up for 21 Days for the City. I was so encouraged that you are, uh, you're, you're in, you want to pray for our city for 21 days. If you have not signed up and this church is your home, then please sign up by going to wpsouth.ca forward slash 21 days and you'll be able to sign up there for our daily kind of uh, prayer devotional that happened between March 1st and March 21st. I really believe that these 21 days are going to be the three most significant weeks that we have had in the South Yet, I'm believing for more, but those 21 days, if you are in this church, you need to sign up, get on that devotional, and let's pray together for the same thing every day for 21 days and believe God for incredible things for our city as well as our church in the city. The scripture that says pray for uh, the city, pray for it on its behalf, and in its welfare you will find your welfare. That's our heart, so I'd encourage you, even now, uh, just, just go there, wpsouth.ca, sign up, Name, email, done, deal, and uh, and we will be good to go. Uh, please turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18. I'm going to read one verse to you, and we're going to camp out there for the rest of our time together. Ephesians 2 verse 18 says this. For through him, Jesus, we both, Paul is talking about, the Galatian, uh, sorry, the uh, the Gentiles as well as the Jews, we both have access in or by one Spirit to the Father. For through Him we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. Through who? Through Jesus. We're going to unpack this this morning. I knew I was in trouble a few years ago when we first came to Kelowna, when I was invited to a a group of people. This was as a a foreigner, Sarah and I both were invited to this this small group. I knew I was in trouble when I overheard in the conversation going on to the right of me, just in a small group, these words. This is what was being said in a Christian group. Um, So I I do know that these people had only just met. And so they said, hey, why don't we have lunch next week? And and the other person said, I think that's a great idea. The only problem is, is I'm in Hawaii next week, so I'm not going to be able to have lunch. Nothing strange there. Lots of you are going to Hawaii, right? Ed and Bonnie, next week, praise Jesus. Um, So nothing strange there. But then the next thing that happened blew my mind. I knew at that point I was in trouble, in the wrong place, at the wrong time, because the answer to it was, oh, you're in Hawaii next week for lunch. Yes. And then the, the person turned over to their partner and said, honey, what are we doing next week? She said, not very much, but I do need to be at the volleyball tournament at the end of the week. Okay, well, do you fancy going over to Hawaii for a few days so we can have lunch? I am not kidding you. Am I kidding, love? I am not kidding you. I knew at that point, wrong tribe. I do not fit. You want to have lunch? Well, I can meet you at McDonald's next week if my wife gives me some money. And we have a coupon. I knew that I was in trouble. I did not fit. I was an outsider. Lovely people. Not criticizing them. But I just immediately thought, I'm not part of that tribe. I'm not part of that tribe. If I was going to give you a title for this morning's message, it would be this. Access granted. Access granted. You know, we very quickly become cynical about other people's tribes. It would be very easy for me to get very cynical about the clear wealth that those people were very used to having. That was mind-blowing to me. I could get very cynical about that. Well, isn't that as terrible? Last week I told you that, uh, for, that uh, Bill Gates has, uh, would have the equivalent effect on his overall wealth spending 1.3 million would have an equivalent effect on his overall wealth as me buying a can of Coke from the 7 and its effect on my overall wealth. He can spend 1.3 million, whereas I spend a dollar thirty. Now, we can get critical about that, but the reality is this. It's a different tribe. We're desperate to get into our own tribes. We're desperate to get access to other groups. That's a group that many people would dream about. And we get very cynical about it. Well, that's just not right. That's, tr- that's terrible. That's awful. While at the same time, listen to me, while at the same time desperately trying to get into another group, our own. I want to be in fill-in-the-gap tribe. You might not call it a tribe. I'm going to use the word tribe because I think it paints a good picture in our minds. I want to be in that group. We have lots of these groups in our culture. I did a quick search and and, uh, and, and Googled urban tribes or subcultures. So we have, we have the skater tribe, the skater culture. It has a certain look. It has a certain feel. Some of you relate to that. Some of you have kids that relate to that that are desperate to get into that skater tribe. What do they do? They buy the right shoes, the right pants that they wear really low or super skinny. It's happening again. You hear that? Oh, no. Drew's on it. Just there's there's like this sound effect that comes near you that builds up the momentum and tension whenever I go over there. It's like Jaws. Remember Jaws? There's the skater group. Let's get on track. There's the extreme sports group, the extreme sports tribe, that the marketers have a field day. Join this and this is what you will be like. Look how cool this is. Then you've got the hipster tribe, the tight pants, beards, glasses, Lumberjack shirts, they call it lumbersexual now. Remember metrosexual, now it's lumbersexual. I'm not kidding. The urban mum, the urban mum section, they're everywhere, aren't they? They push the same strollers, wear the same Lululemon pants, have the same haircut. Come on, you know I'm serious, I'm not making fun, it's a tribe people want to be part of. There's the emo tribe, there's the metalhead tribe, and you're going, I don't relate to any of those guys. We don't have, we're kind of slightly jealous of the yoga pants thing, I think, because they look very comfortable. But we, I, if you do wear yoga pants, let's have coffee because we need to chat. So maybe you don't fit in with any of them. So maybe this is you. Maybe you have a sports tribe. You find your identity and security within supporting a certain sport. Maybe you have a tribe based on geography or income. Or the type of car you drive, or the type of house you want to own, or, or the, the, the kind of the inside circle you want to be part of. Maybe it's your profession that gives you significance and a feeling of belonging and, and access. Maybe it's a certain group of friends that you want to be part of, and you don't feel that you're in yet, but you want to be in. You want to you be part of what they have. You want a certain relationship, so maybe you're in the single tribe, but you want to be in the married tribe. And, and, and it's like, well, maybe you're in a single tribe. You want to be in the dating tribe because all those people that are dating just seem to have so much fun. Yeah, no, not so much. And then so you're in these different tribes. There's the atheism tribe. There's the, well, I just want to keep life simple. I'm going to drink out of mason jars. I'm not going to wear any shoes. I'm just going to be simple. And we're critical of other tribes while maintaining our desire to be in another one. Marketers do exploit this. You know, if you wear these Tom shoes, you're in the Tom's tribe. You're immediately communicating to somebody else, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is where I belong. We need to belong. It's a basic human need. We need acceptance. We need love. We need connection. We need comfort. We need hope. And oftentimes we look at the different tribes that our culture gives us or maybe we make up our own in friendships and 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 different inside circles and and unless we're in that we feel like we've been rejected or left behind this passage in ephesians chapter two is all about paul talking about the death of jesus christ and he's saying that the death of jesus christ reconciles us brings us back to god and brings us back to one another and brings us back to the way that god created us to be and and he's saying this is this is what it means to be a believer in jesus christ it's reconciliation but i have a question for paul that he answers in verse 18 here's the question that it all of this chapter builds up to it's this question so what so jesus died on the cross so Jesus lived for 33 years and he did some good things and he was a good teacher and he died on the cross. So what? But what difference does it make to me? And, and Paul answers this in this verse because he says, For he, Jesus, for through him, We both have access in one spirit to the Father. If you want to know, if if somebody says, so what? Why Christianity? Who cares? It's this reason. It's so that we can have access. The Christian life is all about gaining access to the Father God. And this verse tells us that access comes to the Father through the Spirit, sorry, through the Son, by the Spirit. What's Christianity all about? It's not just about peace and love and joy and kindness and belonging and all that kind of stuff. And that's wonderful and beautiful and needed. All those are byproducts, added benefits to the ultimate benefit, which Paul describes in Ephesians 2.18, which is you get access. Access is being granted to you. So why is this important to us? Well, I've already described it's part of our human condition where we need to be on the inside of something. There's no fear like the fear of rejection. There's no fear like the fear of being left behind or out. It it grips us in a way that nothing else does. That if you feel that there's a group that you should be part of, that is leaving you behind or ignoring you, it creates a pain and a tension where we will quite literally do anything to get into. You only need to look at the gang culture and, and around the world and the initiation and the things that they have to do in order to get into this particular tribe. They will do horrific and horrendous things in order to get into this tribe because that sense of belonging is so paramount to us as people, not just Christians, as human beings. Our world is full of inner circles or tribes that we long to be in. We need to belong. We need acceptance. We need comfort. We need hope. We need connection. So my question to you, first of all this morning, Christians or people who are just seeking out and searching and thinking through, maybe you think you're a Christian and I'm maybe going to jolt some of your thoughts this morning. My first question is this. What tribe is it that you are trying to break into or stay in? What is it outside of you that dictates and controls that upsets you and divides and, and consumes and drives you where you make decisions and you go places and do things and say things and post things and, and sacrifice things and give to things that, and spend money on. What is it that you're trying to be in on? And whatever it is that you're seeking, does it give you answers does it truly give you hope? Let me be silly for a second. Does wearing a pair of Toms give me the answer and hope I need to carry me through life? Does driving this certain car, does being able to be in a tribe that's wealthy, there's a tribe that owns or has or looks, the fitness tribe, oh my goodness. I I could go on about that one. CrossFit, man, they've created this beautiful tribe. If you're not a CrossFitter, you're nothing. If you haven't scabby hands, You're nothing. But if you're in, see, marketers have this. They play on our need to be accepted. But will CrossFit or fitness or looks or money or house or car or job or clothes or fashion or academia or degree or will all that actually provide the answer and hope that we all strive for? Because this is what we do. We sit in our tribe and we think, well, let's say our tribe is a strong political thought tribe and we think that's the answer whereas we all know it's not well money we need we need more money that's the answer more money needs to be given away no 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 that's not the answer either we know that we tried that we think whatever tribe we in does have an answer but it just fails so quickly so what will give that hope and satisfaction and and, and by the way, I'm not saying there's anything particularly wrong with those tribes. I'm just saying you're not going to find your life's answer in them. Where will you find it? You're going ahead of me there a little bit, Levi. I love, I love how passionate you are. He's preaching. It's good. <laughs> where, 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 is, where do we find that satisfaction and hope? It's God's tribe. It's God's inner circle. Listen to the verse again. For he... For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. We get access to the ultimate tribe, God's inner circle. We get access to the divine. We get access to the divine. So my second point, you you can do it now, Levi. We get access to the divine. See, this word access is really interesting. It actually means, it's not a, a doorway like you think access into a room. It doesn't mean that. What it actually means is an introduction. It means introduction. Let me put it this way. Let's say you want to meet the, the queen or the president of the United States or, or somebody very, very important in, in our world. Whether you think they're important or not, they're important in the view of the world. If you want to gain access to them, then you actually need to be invited. You need to be introduced to them you need to have somebody who has standing and power and significance and relationship with the queen who's going to go uh, uh modem, the the your majesty here's glenn and i'd come in curtsying as you do in front of the queen and you shake hands because regardless of your thoughts about the queen or any of these other politicalities there is something that there's a bit of a weight and awe that goes around them do you say awe awe is that how you say it not one of these, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, that's how you say it, isn't it? Ah. Oh. There's a weight in R oh, around these people that you can't just kind of go blundering, try it, go blundering in to try and introduce yourself to the United States of America. Let's see how that works out for you with four or five shots in the chest from their Secret Service. You need to be introduced, Mr. President, here's Glenn. And then they'll say, here's how I know him. And he'll go, Glenn, I've heard all about you. No, he wouldn't. It's good to, good to meet you. Why does he want to see me? Why is he happy to meet me? Not because of me, but because of the person who's introduced me. Does that make sense? It's an important word. We get access, an introduction to the inner circle of the Father God himself. This is, I'm talking like the king of The universe. I'm talking about the one that kings and queens and presidents will bow down to. You get access. The one where mountains will shake. The sky will split open. The power and the significance and the weight and the glory of God Himself, the Father. The Trinity. You get access. You get introduced. He takes us in as Christians, into his life, into his thoughts, into his secrets, into his advice, into his heart. And he says, you're in. You have access. You get to know me. You get to know God. See this? This access is also a very similar and some would say, some Bible scholars would say the same word as knowing. That there's, this, there's this sense of knowing as you get this introduced. That, that the person who, who knows you and knows God gives you that introduction. So there's a, there's a knowing of God. In John 17 and verse 3, it says this is, listen, listen to what Jesus describes Christianity as. as. This is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That you would know the true God. Now let me just describe to you what I mean. There's knowing about God. I tell you, I I had this intriguing... um, well oh, I was in Starbucks in, in surprise, surprise, in, in Abbotsford and, uh, a week or so ago. And I was, just, I was just sat reading and I was making some notes and, and journaling a little bit. And then this lady sat next to me and, and she, she, uh, she, she commented on my shoes. They're these shoes. Now, I don't know if you can see any. There's nothing special about these shoes. They're just pretty old, actually. I need a new pair. She commented on my shoes. She said, nice shoes. And I was like, oh, thank, thank you. And then, she, and then as soon as I said thank you, she heard my accent. And so she said, oh, where are you from? So uh, I, I closed my journal and, and, I, and I started chatting. I said, oh, I'm from Britain. Or what? And then the next question that always comes, what brings you over here? Which is a good question. It's a fair question. So I said, well, I, I was working. I was very careful what I said because generally speaking, if I, if I want to just be left alone, all I have to do is put the word pastor in as quickly as possible and the mm-hmm. conversation's ended. So I thought, okay, well, I came to work as a director at an independent school just outside Vancouver. And immediately she said this, was it." A-? and she went like this, she went, is that a Christian school? And I was like, oh gosh, I'm in trouble. And then and I said, well, yeah, yeah, it was. That's all I said. For the next 10, 15 minutes, I had this absolute tirade of anger and hatred and abuse about not only Christianity, which I can kind of understand, but about Jesus. Now I'm thinking, boy, I was kind of waiting for a head to turn. I'm, I'm thinking, it's, I'm in trouble. She was mad. And like I could visibly see her changing in front of me. Anyway, at halfway, literally halfway through a sentence, she got up and went to the washroom. And I'm like, oh, I didn't say anything. And this guy across from me, we, because we're in like four chairs, he was he went, he went really quiet. He went. He said, Are you a Christian? I said, I said, yeah. And he went, so am I. He said, and then he and then I'm like, why are you so afraid? Why are we whispering? <laughs> she's in the bathroom. So then he said, he said, she's really angry, isn't she? I'm like, yeah, and he, he actually went to Summit Pacific Bible College in Abbotsford. So when she came back in, I could almost see him settling into act two. <laughs> this is going to be good, you know? So... We ended up trying to have this com- i ended up trying to have this conversation with a lady. I did actually say to her I passed her church and started trying to engage and she just didn 't want to know anything like, she was so angry angry at Jesus she knows about god she thinks she thinks she has some knowledge about God because she thinks probably through some really bad experiences in life about Christianity. Therefore, God is this way. That is not the way it is. Because when you actually have an intimate knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, your Savior, through whom you get access to know God, then it changes the way you think. It's a little bit like this. Everybody knows it's unhealthy to be overweight. Everybody knows that if you're overweight that it can cause early death. That's knowing about something. But when the doctor sits in front of you and says, if you don't lose weight, you are going to die. Suddenly that knowledge about something becomes very intimate. It drops from here to here. Because now it means this is you. This is serious. This is about you. It becomes intimate because there's knowing about God and there's this intimate knowledge of God. See, knowledge about God leads to pride and, and self-righteousness. What kind of, friends, what kind of knowledge do you have? Do you know Him? Do you have this intimate access to Him? Where you feel like the child of a king? Or do you just know about Him? That you've kind of got it all sorted? Yeah, I know all about that kind of stuff. Is the truth affecting you? Is your knowledge of God affecting you and changing you? Do you look at life differently? Do you look at life through the lens of being in God's tribe? looking out from the throne at life. Or you're on the outside looking at God, making judgments, but trying to get into a tribe that you actually think will give you some answers. Let's say something horrible happens to you in your family. Somebody who you love very, very much gets very sick. If your tribe, your inner circle, that which you belong is urban mum or fitness junkie, or Crossfitter, or money, or business, or, or, or hipster, or whatever you want to say your tribe is, when that hits you, when life slaps you in the face so hard that you feel like it's slamming into your soul, do your tight pants fix it for you? Does your fitness work it out? I know people, I, I know of people, I read of people who are incredibly fit that, that just die all of a sudden frightens the living daylights out of me in an an ungodly way. I should repent of that. It shouldn't. Does your tribe give you answers and hope? See, if you're in the tribe of God, that access, then you're able to look at life through the lens of being in that tribe. Does your tribe give you hope and answers? I'm going to show you a one-minute video. I'll give you a heads up there, Levi. A one-minute video. Some of you might have seen this this week. It's gone viral, a video by an actor that you'll recognize he's been in, he's been in lots, he's a British actor, he's been in lots of different things in Britain, but recently you might see him in The Hobbit. His name's Stephen Fry. And he's in an interview situation with an Irish Catholic, I believe, interviewer, and the, the, he asks a question to Stephen Fry. Now, I want to give you a warning. These are some words you will not have heard about God in church. He doesn't swear, but he's... he's quite offensive I'm going to give you that heads up but the reason I'm showing you is this this is the viewpoint of many people that you will meet in Starbucks in your workplace in your family that they think about God and so what we're going to do is we're going to listen for a minute buckle up because he really goes for it and then I'm just going to answer a couple of things that he says but just think about what tribe Stephen Fry is in all right And, and I'm hoping this will help you because genuinely this is the thought of our culture in many ways are we good with that, Levi?
1: Oh, suppose it's all true, mm. and you walk up to the pearly gates and you are confronted by God, what will Stephen Fry say to him, her, or it? I will basically, what's known as the Odyssey, I think, I, I'll say bone cancer in children? What's that about? How dare you? How dare you create a world in which there is such misery that is not our fault? It's not right. It's utterly, utterly evil. Why should I respect a capricious, mean-minded, stupid God who creates a world which is so full of injustice and pain? Because the God who created this universe, if it was created by God, is quite clearly a maniac. Utter maniac. Yes, the world is very splendid, but it also has in it insects whose whole life cycle is to burrow into the eyes of children and make them blind. They eat outwards from the eyes. Why? Why did you do that to us? It's perfectly apparent that he is monstrous, utterly monstrous, and deserves no respect whatsoever. The moment you banish him, your life becomes simpler, purer, cleaner, more worth living than my... The
0: moment you banish God, life becomes simpler, purer, and easier. Really? So let's just take two things that he said. His tribe is atheism out and out atheism first of all this isn't one of my things how angry does he get about a God he doesn't believe in you notice that how how much like it's quite intriguing how quickly he blames a God that he doesn't believe in for the things in the world it's kind of a logical and philosophical problem there but let's just take two things he talks about horrendous awful dreadful things that happen in our world bone cancer in children any kind of cancer, any kind of sickness, the, the insects that burrow from, from, I didn't even know they existed, um, but, you know, the, the burrow through your eyes and, and, and all those kind of things. That, that, here's the challenge I have. Let's just take God out of the equation. Let's just say God doesn't exist for a second. Does that give an answer to all those things? Does Stephen Fry's tribe now, as atheists, have an answer for all that evil that is in the world? No. In fact, what it becomes is even worse. And, and Nietzsche and other people like this who worked very hard to actually remove God, you get to the point of absolute sheer hopelessness when you remove God from the world. Now, I'm not standing here as a pastor, nor as somebody who loves and studies the Bible, and saying, okay, here are the answers to cancer and those really bad bugs and everything else. Other than, uh, it's not God's fault. We live in a broken world. You don't need to be a Christian to see that the world is broken. And as a Christian, I believe the world is broken because sin came into the world by choice through Adam and Eve that has just wrecked our planet. The Bible says our world is groaning waiting for the return, waiting for the reconciliation back to God. But to Stephen Fry, I would want to ask him, okay, well, let's remove God. What what answer, what hope does your tribe have if we remove God? None whatsoever. Nothing. In fact, I could easily argue that it becomes even more hopeless, even more desperate, And his statement at the end where life becomes simpler, I might be misquoting him, simpler, purer, and easier. Any of you who have lived through trying to figure out life outside of God knows that that's not true. Life does not become easy. Life does not become purer. Life does not become simpler when you remove God. It becomes a whole lot more complicated because now you have these massive, problematic issues in our world with absolutely no framework to be able to address them because if we're in the tribe called God and Jesus and Christianity I can look at this horrendous cancer and trust me my family is being very badly affected by cancer right now and as many of your families are I can look at this horrible evil disease through the lens of the kingdom of God and say okay I don't understand I don't like it I hate it it's painful and it makes me cry but because I'm standing in this tribe I have hope I have the possibility that somehow God knows what he's doing, even if I don't understand it. That even in that desperate pain, that even that can be used for good somehow, even if it's beyond my imagination and understanding. That seems purer, simpler, and easier to me. And by the way, for those of you who read that and go, uh, listen to that and go, wow, I I have no idea what I would say in answer to that. You can't argue anybody into the kingdom of heaven. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We're going to come to that in a second. I would love to have a conversation with Stephen Fry. Selfie first, then a conversation. And I'd say, hey Stephen, let's chat about what you said. I'd love that. But the thing is, is we get that opportunity every day, friends. Fry's tribe does not provide any answer at all. From the inner circle called Christianity, there is a new perspective and a new hope. So when you pray, there becomes a relief and a peace. There's there's a boldness and confidence in all your areas of life. You sense that the king is at your shoulder. I remember telling you the story before of when I was a young boy, I went into the police station that my dad was a was a a superintendent in, which, you know, was like I I thought like he was just like a demigod. And I remember going in and he would have he had he had clicky shoes with little metal things on the back because and on the old Victorian police station tiles you could hear him coming and he did it on purpose because he wanted to make give them a chance to sort things out before he came into the room but he carried himself as a police officer everything about him was authority and police and you know i'll arrest you and throw away the key everything and and i remember going in as this like seven or eight year old kid with you know behind my dad like oh man i am like you know because my dad is it watch out that's how i felt And that's how we can be when we're in the tribe of God because the the, the tribe of God allows us to have that feeling of connection and access to God the Father. And it it creates the the Bible sparkles. It changes the way you live. It causes you to rejoice in the fact that you have the access. Man, guys, we should be, when we worship and praise, we should be kicking into that so quick because we're celebrating. You've got access to God the Father. You should be able to worship like that. Like, really? Is that knowing God? So how do we get this access? Let's speed this up. Thirdly, to the introduction of Jesus. For through him, through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. We need an introduction from somebody who is powerful and trusted. Remember my analogy with the president? We need Jesus, the, the middleman, the one who says, Father, here is his glen. Let me introduce you to him. And the Father says, welcome. Verse 13 of that same passage, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. He brings us close. See, we were once separated, scrambling for a place to be loved and belong in all these different tribes. And then Jesus comes in and we're separated by the sin that came with the fall. And there's this this perfect justice that happens on the cross. That when Jesus died, he took the punishment that you and I deserve so that we can then have access. Because God cannot have anything to do with sin. He must be separated from it. But through Jesus, through this introduction, through Jesus... So we can have access and be reconciled to God. In Hebrews 7 verse 23, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, Jesus. This is unique to Christianity. With every other religion, you have to introduce yourself. And friends, as Christians, be very careful that we don't fall into this mindset where you try and introduce yourself to God the Father, because it's not going to happen. Like I said, if you wanted to try and introduce yourself to the President of the United States, how's that going to work out for you? You're not going to get anywhere near him. You're going to get shot, even before you put your hand out to shake his. You're certainly going to get jumped on. You see, you can't introduce yourself on your own merit and standing. You can't say, hey, Mr. President, I, I, I'm... Pastor Glenn from Willow Park South in in Kelowna and this is what we've done and this is where we've been and this is how much I read my Bible and this is... He's going to go, I I don't know you. I don't care. But that's how we introduce ourselves to god many times and and that's how religions are so different from christianity because other religions are what have you done what have you not done what have you said what mantra what position have you kept what what book have you read what seminar what guru have you followed all these things that what have you done so you can introduce yourself to god and god all the time is going i don't know you So we basically have two choices. You can either try and introduce yourself to God and at the end of time, hope somehow that your good works and your merit will get you close to him even though that's completely contrary with what it says in the Bible, the Bible that talks about the God that we say we believe in. You can try and introduce yourself by your own good or you can be introduced by someone who died on a cross who has the standing and power and recognition and relationship with God the Father and can say, welcome you can introduce yourself or you can go through Jesus. And fourthly, how does this happen? By the Spirit. In John 16, verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. This is a very important point. So if I've made you just dampen down a bit and kind of go, oh, what's for lunch? Just wake up, just, just stay with me for a couple of minutes. This is really important.